You're listening to the Winsight Podcast Network. Increase covers, not costs. It's time to level up with Talk, the restaurant industry's leading reservation platform. Join today using promo code RESTAURANTS3 for three months free off of your base subscription. Terms and conditions apply. Go to jointalk.com slash podcast. That's jointalk.com slash podcast. How is Duck Donuts evolving its concept? Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business. And in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with Betsy Ham, the CEO of the 100-unit donut chain. We spoke at the Restaurant Leadership Conference recently to talk about all kinds of things. Duck Donuts is based in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, and is known for its made-to-order donuts. The company just released a new prototype of its restaurants, for franchisees that's designed to be more flexible to give those operators options as they expand in a time of rising costs and difficult real estate environment. Uh, It also includes options like kiosks and room for mobile order pickup and things like that uh, that is designed to uh, deal with a new generation of customers. We also talk about a wide variety of other issues, including why the company is named Duck Donuts and what the other option might have been. It's an interesting conversation with a donut chain CEO, so please have a listen. Okay, I am here with Betsy Ham. Betsy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so uh, what's going on at Duck Donuts? So there's a lot going on Duck Donuts. We are continuing to grow. We are opening about 40 shops this year. We just launched our new Shop of the Future. It's our shop that's reimagined. Uh, have several different international locations open. And of course, we're just focused on continuing to grow AUVs for our franchisees. Mm-hmm. Let me, I want to ask a little bit about the, the name Duck Donuts. Because <laughs> it's not named after a duck. It is not. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, you know, rumors or misconceptions of where duck came from. But actually where it came from is Duck Donuts was founded in Duck, North Carolina in the Outer Banks. That's hence how it got its name. So we actually opened our first two locations there in 2007 in Kitty Hawk, which I guess could have also been our name potentially, and then Duck. Mm-hmm. And... Um, So how many locations are you at right now? So we have 125 locations. We are in 22 states in the United States. Uh, We have one location in Canada, and then we're focused on international growth. So we opened, we have a location in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. We just opened in Cairo, Egypt this year. And then we have several other Middle East countries opening in the next few months. Really? So you're you're jumping uh, you're jumping like head first and we are growth. yes yes trying to focus primarily right now in the Middle East but we are seeing interest literally around the globe. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that the prototype because we just uh, I, it's to me it's a it's an interesting prototype that it's you know you're you're trying to make things a bit more efficient for 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 operators and and maybe a little bit more flexible. Tell us a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Yeah. So trying to make it more efficient as well as trying to get the build out costs down. Uh, so with our store reimagined, the, the footprint's a little bit smaller. So currently our shops are around 1400 square feet. Some are a little bit more, uh, but now we're shrinking that down to about 1200 square feet. Uh, what people love about Duck Donuts is, is when you come in, you get to watch the entire experience. So you order your donuts. They're not already made. And then you can see them being dropped 
wrapped in the fryer, and then you get to watch them being coated, topped, and drizzled just the way that you ordered them. Uh, and we hand you a warm box of donuts. So from a customer perspective, we want to ensure that customers who want to come in and have that entire experience are able to do so and what they're accustomed to. But then what we're also focused on is to make it more efficient. So in our shops that are opening up, we have kiosks. So if you don't want to wait in line, you already know what you want, and you didn't order online before you got there, you can come in and place your order at the kiosk, and we'll have a larger pickup area. Uh, we do a lot of catering and special events, so having that area built out in the back as well, again, will just make it a, a better customer experience as well as for our team members. Mm -hmm. And um, why is it why is it important to have you know that 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 flexibility? and uh, to, to lower the build-out costs. Why was that? Uh, I'm certainly from an expansion standpoint, and we've also been trying for some non-traditional locations. So actually, it was a little over a year ago in California, we opened up a container shop. So that's obviously much smaller, around 600 square feet, doesn't have you know the seating or anything like that. But we want to be able to have that flexibility from whether it's food trucks and trailers, which we do have out in the marketplace, uh, to more of a kiosk, which we have not done yet. Uh, having that ability to be more flexible and to be where our customers are out in the market. Mm-hmm. So is a container shop? A container shop. Yeah. So it's, it's a container. Really? <laughs> yes. That's a very mm -hmm. non-traditional. <laughs> we yeah. have one of those. Yeah. So, I mean, you're able to, to still do the whole donut making process? Yes. Yep. Still able to do that. As long as we can vent or have an insider unit that they can uh, be able to take care of that piece of it, then we're good to go. Mm-hmm. And the, um, now you, so you're talking about kiosks though. Now, would you be able to do it at a, something like that? Or so not? we can uh, say like in a mall where it's an enclosed location, but it just changes the, the captive air system for the fryer. So we have to be able to have the vent that works. And so there are, there is one option where it's all self-contained. Uh, we don't have a lot of those out there yet. We have one in an ice arena on a college campus. Uh, so we are looking at what we can do to be at those smaller locations where we don't have to have the huge vent as well as, you know, an outside access. Mm -hmm. And um, like any concerns in terms of when, when we were talking about expansion and mm -hmm. right now, interest rates are high. A lot of costs, you know, construction costs are, yes. are, are, are not going down. Right. Um, I believe the average cost of opening a new just fast food restaurant is up 20% since the pandemic, uh, since the before the pandemic. I mean, is that like, is it just like really important to have that sort of flexibility built in? Because I mean, you're, if you're going to grow, Absolutely. your franchisees have to make money. Absolutely. That's kind of important. Right. <laughs> That's why we're in the business, of course. Uh, we want our existing franchisees to be more successful. We want them to open additional locations. So if we can continue to focus on that build, build out cost uh, and control as much as we can. Of course, there's some stuff that's just out of our control um, from a supply standpoint or the cost going up. But uh, lowering that build out cost, having different alternatives or backups has been huge. You know, everything from floorings to light fixtures, really taking inventory of that and figuring out what makes the most sense that we can still uphold our brand standards, uh, but do it at a lower cost to our franchisees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So now, did you have any supply chain challenges uh, uh, during during the pandemic where you couldn't get uh, stuff in? Knock on wood. Uh, we certainly had our challenges and our, our operations team did an amazing job of managing that. Uh, we never ran out of key products, which of course is the donut mix. Uh, so there were times where maybe cups were hard to get or boxes or just one certain product. Uh, but for the most part, we were really able to work through that uh, and be able to ensure that it, our shops had what they needed for the customers. Mm -hmm. And um, how about, uh, what? how do you say, uh, how are operating conditions right now? Do you th see things getting better or? 
I think things are getting better. And we were just talking about that with a few other franchisors where, where staffing doesn't seem to be as much of a challenge for our franchisees, which is great. Supply chain seems to be a little bit better. You know, I think the biggest challenge is right now is just what's happening from uh, consumer spend. You know, if, if people start going out a little less frequently or they're not spending as much, you know, how that's going to impact our traffic, which we're just really now starting to get a little glimpse of. Uh, but lucky, luck, luckily, I believe donuts are recession proof. And, you know, we learned that during COVID that donuts sprinkle happiness. So hopefully we'll continue to see that uh, despite the challenges from an economic standpoint that we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that like um, I remember during, you know, like the Great Recession, for instance. And I remember talking to a cookie franchisee and I remember Tom telling me, I he, you see, I'd, I'd open a million of these if I could. And he, he and he just said because he, he felt that it was recession proof that people will treat themselves yep. in a time of difficulty. Absolutely. And, and, and you think that that could be benefit you going forward? I do. And, and we, we did see that during COVID, you know, once people were out and about again, uh, it was that whole concept of sprinkling happiness where if someone hands you a box of warm donuts, it can't help but put a smile on your face. So, uh, you know, we're not a high cost product. So I think just being able to treat yourself and we already do so well with holidays, special occasions, events, celebrations. So I think we'll continue to see that trend. And we're just going to have to continue to focus on how to drive that everyday traffic to ensure our frequencies there throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, what, what, are, what are kind of the ways that you see, uh, how, what are your, what do you, what do you see as your traffic, most effective traffic driving initiatives? So we tend to not discount a lot. So we are putting out a few additional value offers. Uh, we did a promotion in January for the first time for National Rubber Ducky Day because who else can celebrate Rubber Ducky Day but Duck Donuts uh, where we did a $12 dozen, which was the first time we've ever done a price point uh, promotion like that. So we saw really great success for that. That lasted really an additional two weeks after the promotion for January, which is typically not a strong time for us. So just really taking a look at the calendar and determining where those value offers make sense. Uh, we've really amplified our loyalty program. So we have a loyalty rewards program, putting out additional offers to those customers as well. So just being really more intentional with how we're drive, driving traffic. Of course, LTOs also play a role into that, which we really scaled back. Uh, during COVID and supply chain issues over the last two years, uh, we're really able to start getting back into that and ramping that up as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, how long have you had your loyalty program? So uh, ironically, we launched our loyalty program in January of 2020. So that was great timing to launch our loyalty program and an app, you know, another alternative for ordering. So a little over three years. Mm -hmm. And, and that's going pretty well for you? It is, yes. Uh, a, a lot of trial and error, I say the first year or two, just trying to figure out what kind of discounts we'll drive, getting people to sign up, remembering to use their loyalty program. So that's something that our team is really focused on is how do we continue to drive that engagement as well, of course, at getting additional users. Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how do you see things at this point? Like, I mean, is it, uh, are you, uh, have you, kind of found the right uh, uh, ingredients to get? To I don't get think in. not yet because uh, right now for in terms of people purchasing donuts it only makes up 3% of our sales so that's mm -hmm. incredibly low uh, but online ordering does really well for us you know we see 25% of our sales coming in through online ordering so just looking at how we can capitalize on the, the information that we know obviously collecting customer data and being able to remarket to them is huge so we certainly see a lot of upside for our loyalty right. program. So you, like only 3% of your sales Correct. are for your loyalty loyal members, but you got 25% online ordering. Yes. That would seem to be a pretty, you should be able to get that. You should be able to 
get a lot of those people. You would think, yeah. So we're focused on that just from really like a CRM standpoint is how we convert those people and, and make sure we're able to communicate to them on a regular basis. How have you been able to get uh, so many uh, uh, so many online orders? That seems... I mean, I guess we can say there's a positive of COVID. That would be one. Uh, we definitely saw a spike in, in, in during COVID and we've been able to maintain that, which I think is awesome. You know, we talk about that experience and while some people do want to come in and pick out their donuts and, you know, watch the entire process, some people just want to be able to run in and pick up their donuts and, and get out as quickly as possible. So I think ordering online, ordering ahead, you know that if you show up at 9.30 a.m., you're, you know, a couple dozen donuts are going to be there and you're out the door. So uh, I think it makes sense from that convenience standpoint and, and that's something we'll continue to try to grow as we move forward. Right. They just have to have a donut. Yes. I need a, I need I need a donut, a donut. Now. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you need a donut. You need a donut. I mean, coffee, milkshakes, breakfast sandwiches, we can throw them all in there. We can order them all ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it really, I mean, you know, like any positives from COVID, but like it sort of forced the issue with the consumer. Like right. it was, it was always a, sl- and, and actually, frankly, restaurant chains, you sure. kind of realize, hey, we need to do this. Absolutely. And we need to get you know, we need a mobile, we need a, a, an effective mobile ordering strategy. We need an effective loyalty strategy and we need to get, um, and then, and then the consumer realized, Hey, these are, are fantastic. Right. Um, you know, and, and they, they really like it. And, you know, um, it, I, I think it's been really good for that. And, and, you know, and that's, I mean, I just think mobile ordering is just more efficient. Agree. Agree. And it's easier on the the teams as well. So they know what's coming in. They can throttle orders when necessary. Uh, Ahead of time, they know if big catering orders have been placed. So it just makes from whether it's a staffing perspective or just an execution perspective, I, I believe it makes it easier for our shops as well. And talk a little bit about the catering business. How is that doing right now? Catering is great. It's back. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, with focusing on holidays and special occasions and events, we also do a lot of office party sort of orders. So somebody may grab a few dozen donuts on their way to, to the office. Uh, so that's always been a big piece of our business, which of course saw a dip over the last two years. But that seems to be back. And whether it's just picking up two dozen donuts to go to the office, or you can get specialty icing colors to match your wedding, uh, we see that the catering orders really have been back. Yeah, that, that must have, that fell pretty much off a cliff yes, during the pandemic. definitely, definitely. Everything yeah. from the, the social get-togethers and, and, of course, weddings uh, to even just people taking them into the office. Yeah, yeah. I always, like, catering is, like, if you can do it. Right. It's just, like, a really good business. It is. And, and if you can, um, but how do you balance uh, catering orders, especially at, and I know that, like, I mean, your, 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 your new prototype tries to, you know, has actually a space for that. Yes, how do you balance, you know, the, the, the labor force or the workforce, the work of doing catering orders with people coming in? You know, it, it really varies because a lot of the catering orders, if they're over, you know, five or six dozen, they're probably a pre-order. Uh, we have we have one local uh, corporate shop where they t- do a ton of fundraising and special mm-hmm. events. So, you know, they were filling an order last week for 400 dozen donuts, which is crazy. What? So, <laughs> yes. 400, 400 dozen, donuts. dozen donuts. So it was a fundraiser. So, that you know, they sell it to an organization that was a school for X amount. And then they, you know, upcharge $5 and they're able to make $5 off of each dozen donuts. So, um, the operations team within the shops does an amazing job. They have it down to a science. I went over one time when they were doing one of these large orders just to see the organization behind it. And they have it down. They make it look so easy. I just stayed I just stayed out of the way. But they, they were impressive with how they're able to organize that and execute it. Wow. That's that's a that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of donuts. It's a lot of donuts. Right. Was Homer Simpson somewhere in there? Or <laughs> possibly, possibly. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean that's a so. All right, so how where do you see uh, where do you see Duck Donuts in the next five years? In the next five years, so I mentioned we're opening forty shops this year. We want to continue to grow that number, so about fifty or so the following year, and, and we just want to continue to accelerate growth. And the other piece of the growth piece of this is getting our existing franchisees more profitable. So how do we increase AUVs? What are we doing to drive sales? What are those promotions, whether it's loyalty or CRM, uh, that are really going to grow the value of our of our brand? Uh, so that's where we're focused. I think we'll see more non-traditional. International has been good for us, so we'll continue to focus. Hopefully, one continent at a time from a supply chain standpoint. But, you know, our, our mission is to, to sprinkle happiness around the globe. So we're going to continue to focus on that. Is there anything different you do from a, uh, from a franchising standpoint internationally than you do in the United States? Yeah, so a lot of those are master franchise agreements. So Egypt and Saudi Arabia being examples of those being master franchises. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think uh, like donuts work much everywhere, right? Yeah, everybody loves a donut. I mean, who knew? So I, I think the sweet treat, of course, coffee, especially in the Middle East, is really big espresso drinks. So uh, the sweet treat that they are not necessarily eating for breakfast, it's an after dinner, after dessert treat, um, as well as coffee. We're, we're seeing a great response from the market. A little confusion that the donuts aren't made when you walk in, that they're not sitting there. That's what they're used to from other brands. So uh, just from an education standpoint of educating, no, you get to customize your donut or here's our suggestion of our assortments. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the response internationally has been really awesome. No, and I, I like because I, I want to get to the, the this you know this the freshly made donut because that really is very unique. Yes. I don't really yeah. think. I mean, we have. I mean, obviously, Krispy Kreme can do it, right? Uh, but not always, right? So I don't know if I mean maybe there's some small right, brands just out some there, small that, you know, regional, some small yep. regional or independent concepts mm-hmm. that do that. But like, how do you? Um, I mean, do you, is there like a training process with franchisees and, and is there also a training process with your customers? Absolutely. Yeah, certainly a training process from the franchisee because we want that donut to be consistent of, you know, it's crispy on the outside, light and fluffy on the inside. It has to have that perfect circular shape and there's actually a little star in the middle. Uh, so we want that to be the perfect donut every time. So making sure that our franchisees as well as the team members are trained on that from the beginning, but then ongoing. So, you know, it's a, it's a, not a tough process, but you have to be paying attention as you're watching the oil levels. Is there enough oil in the machine? Is everything set appropriately? So, uh, you know, sometimes you'll see a donut that something was off. So uh, just ensuring that happens as limited as uh, as possible is, is really important. Now, when do people get their donuts? Like, is it an all-day thing? Or yeah. Or stronger day parts? Oh, uh, you know, from a day part standpoint, we're actually pretty evenly spread split from a morning, afternoon, and evening. Uh, so morning's a little bit higher from a percentage standpoint. It's a about 32%. Uh, but it shockingly is evenly split. And a lot of that's driven by where the locations are. So of course, if they're near restaurants, dining, movie theaters, people are stopping at Duck Donuts in the evening for that afternoon or evening treat. Right, right. Yeah. I'd imagine that. Like it's, it's. Uh, I mean, I think donuts are not just for breakfast. Correct. You, know, like, you can eat them all day. Yes, <laughs> Any hour of the day. Right. Betsy, this was fantastic. Really appreciate you joining me this week on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited, as always, by Kimmy Kazmarek, artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You may also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm Jonathan Mays, host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening. Increase covers, not costs. It's time to level up with talk. 
the restaurant industry's leading reservation platform. Join today using promo code RESTAURANTS3 for three months free off of your base subscription. Terms and conditions apply. Go to jointalk.com slash podcast. That's jointalk.com slash podcast.